This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nos. Everything we are doing the Narad Bhakti Sutra. This is a new sutra today. It is uh, from thirty-four onwards. Now these are sutras which are going to help us in developing the divine love for the Lord. So today we are doing. how are the techniques what is exactly required for a devotee to understand how to develop this love for the divine so narad bhakti sutra sutra 34 the ancient teachers sing differently upon the means of developing this devotion in the human bosom now every teacher of bhakti marg is going to talk of different different techniques or different methodologies for developing this devotion to the supreme divine consciousness god almighty krishna or the father in heaven whatever you wish to call him now all these teachers though they speak in a language which is different but the end goal is the same we had also yesterday thought of the end goal related to other aspects like the karma yoga that is the path of action then we had also done what is called as the nyan marg which is the path of knowledge and the rajyog we had done all these things but end goal is always reaching the divine in this the teachers who are connected only to this particular philosophy of what is called as the bhakti marg will be discussed and all the teachers that are there if you put them together what are they actually talking about this is the path which we are going to explore today so let us begin of the way in which these ancient teachers actually showed us how to reach there sutra 35 says indeed the source of devotion are explored and exploited fully through one number 1 renunciation of sense objects and also by two giving up attachments to beings around so to clear indications are there in the beginning itself narada and every other person is discussing the path to reaching this ultimate destination of devotion to the divine it is available to us through the path of bhakti marg the first objective if you have to be the devotee of god first is renouncing the sense objects we have five senses now these senses are always drawn outwards they are drawn outwards they keep on going outwards constantly getting attracted towards the material world our eyes are roaming and finding things ears want to hear everything whatever that is going on and whatever that is not going on also we want to hear 
the attraction for that is so very big we want to taste the best stuff in the world you know whatever that we can get to eat our senses are pulling us in that direction we always want to wear the feel you know of good clothes soft materials that is connected to our skin and the nose which is connected to the best of the smells we love perfumes we get so attracted by somebody wearing a perfume now all these are objects which are drawing our senses towards them saying come to me come to me come to me it is exactly like the advertisements which say look at me you know if you are watching youtube or facebook or any of these medias what happens suddenly if you are watching a very interesting article or you are seeing something very very interesting suddenly in the middle of it there is an ad and you get so distracted this ad which comes in distracts you so much that you don't want to see it but you are made to see because it comes multiple times and when it comes multiple times you have to see there are no choices it's exactly like when you go to a theater and you sit for the movie the movie is going to start after some time but you get to watch a lot of advertisements you may not like that ad where the smoking is coming you know he says you know don't smoke and so akshay kumar is saying don't do this and this so many of these kind of ads when they come though they are very interesting and they have to be followed you have to understand but it is like a disturbance and that disturbance affects us quite a lot have you noticed it this attraction towards material objects by the senses is a very very strong motivation for anybody to get into that object i will tell you something very funny just now i was reading something and suddenly the windows were open and nice smell wafts in you know through the windows somebody is making bhajiyas <laughs> well they are frying something and the smell is wafting here and there the nose gets carried away this is the attraction that is drawing you closer towards that object and says come to me look at me see me take me i want you to eat this stuff i want you to feel this these are the things that happen these are called disturbances and the first one is renouncing the sense objects if you want to be the devotee of god you have to renounce the sense objects the sense objects job is to attract you in this material domain this world around us haven't you seen all the sense objects the way they attract the flowers are so pretty and beautiful that the bee hovers around it the small small flying insects they will go they will sit on it 
and then they will go to another one and then they will go to another one and another one the the flowers are made in such a way so that they do the attraction part and when they are attracted towards it they do the pollination it is the way of the world when a man sees a beautiful woman it is the same thing as attraction and then pollination <laughs> so i hope you understand how this attraction in the world works this attraction is so much drawn towards this object that it becomes difficult not to get carried away by it today we were discussing about a very interesting phenomena in this world so in that what happens is people eat all kinds of stuff all this problem which is happening in the world the corona virus covid 19 issue is because of people eating the wrong stuff it is said somewhere that someone ate the bat today they caught a lot of pangolin skins in malaysia or indonesia or one of those countries they were seized why are they doing that people eat snakes they eat rats they eat all kinds of bugs so the question was why do human beings eat that stuff now i'm going to give you an answer why they do it it is called as tendency now these tendencies come from your past lives all right there are i told you there are more than 2 billion people who eat what is called as bugs think carefully who eats bugs the birds isn't it the birds eat the bugs they go they search out the bug and then they eat it you have seen even the hens and all these creatures around they see who eats snakes the eagle it has got its eyes on that snake it goes snatches it and eats it up so i think you got a gist of what i'm saying it is not that the humans love to eat that but it is their tendency to eat that and that tendency has come from their past lives so if there is someone who is eating a bug today common sense forget about rest of the things common sense will tell you they must have been birds in their past life somewhere somebody who is eating a snake or something like that must be an eagle or those kind of creatures these are called tendencies from the past lives all right now this is what is drawing them when they see this creature the bugs now those who don't love bugs you know when they look at a bug they'll do like that but the rest of the world which loves the bugs to eat they are not going to do they are on the contrary they are going to say yum yum let me eat it they must have been birds see i think it is clearly there somewhere 
so it is by the way whatever i am saying is mentioned in the scripture so i am i am just telling you what this is all about so there was a scripture which i was doing in which it was mentioned so i'm just repeating it because that scripture is not this one it's just a repetition of what happened so that is the tendency from the past now we come to the next part which is called tendencies from this life people develop tendencies when they come in connect with the universe around so suppose you have a friend or a relative who is used to smoking somebody who is used to drinking somebody who is used to uh, well nowadays you see everybody is with their phones they are lost in their phone tick 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 they are going around here and there they are banging their heads everywhere and yet they are lost in their phone you see these youngsters today or even old people for that matter see them sitting in the trains they are lost in their phone sometime it was candy crush and sometime it is something else they are playing tick 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 all the time now this is a new tendency common sense will tell you there was no cell phone 100 years back or 50 years back so your forefathers never had a cell phone so if they have developed this tendency of being lost in the phone it must be a new one isn't it so what the human being does is they gather these tendencies and you have a repository of tendencies they are just waiting for the object to come in front of them but let me assure you in the bhagavad gita the bhagavatam and all the ancient scriptures it is very clearly mentioned that these tendencies need not attract you and the objects also need not attract you you can still have the bug right in front of your nose over here but there is no necessity of removing the tongue out and eating it okay sounds funny isn't it as if you have a fork that comes out and eats that bug no what i mean is you don't have to do that you can drop that tendency you can put it in the back burner you can just put it in the cupboard and lock it up a tendency can be locked up can be just put somewhere away so it is the human mind which can help a person to overcome this tendency but it is the same human mind which can tell you go eat it go drink it fall into that trap so i hope you got this one what is it that is attracting the objects around you they will say come to me look at me see me eat me drink me like that so you have to renounce this object sense objects don't fall for those objects got it don't get trapped into these tendencies of yours and fall for that object when you want to become a devotee of the lord why do these objects become attractive to you so don't get attracted to these objects the object can just be there it need not bother you you see botheration is when you have the wherewithal to do that you may see a ferrari and you may not have the wherewithal to buy that not it but 
the wherewithal to see the object and fall in love with the object is there. So you may look at a beautiful car and say, wow, I would love to own it someday. That is called attraction. Renounce it. It is not necessary to own the object. Alright? You may see a beautiful object, you no need to own it. There are beautiful roses and you know plants and so on and so forth. Why is it that some people want to pluck that and put it in their hair or put it in front of something? Why does that happen? Because you want the ownership of the object. I want to own the object. It is just like the Ferrari that you see, you want to own it. If you see something nice and grand and beautiful, likable, you want to own it. And the senses and the sense objects are like this. Come, come, let us come. You don't have to do that. First is called renunciation of the sense objects. Give that attraction. Give up. And it can be done only with self-effort. Say no. I was talking about Akshay Kumar, isn't it? Does he not say to that person, no cigarettes? Exactly like that. You don't have to fall for it. Say, no Ferrari, no cigarettes, no drinks. Like that. You can say no to it. Suppose attraction is too strong, stay away from it. Suppose it is liquor. Suppose somebody likes booze. Why do you have to get the bottle and keep it in front of you? There is a very beautiful story Ramakrishna Paramahansa was saying. <coughs> in that story, <coughs> Ramakrishna Ji was saying that there is a doctor and there is a doctor friend of his. They are both sitting together. Suddenly a patient comes. Though that doctor is not doing anything, yet the doctor looks at the patient and says, what is wrong? He says, I have this, this issue. So he tells him, uh, can you come tomorrow? I will take care of the issue tomorrow, not today. So the doctor friend who is sitting over there says to him, why did you send that fellow away? So the next day when he comes, he looks at that patient of his and gives him the medicine and says, you take this medicine. So the doctor friend says, you could have done the same thing yesterday. Why do you do it today? So he says, you see, yesterday there were bottles behind me of all those sweet objects which were the cause of his misery. Got it? They were putting him in that disease. So, if I have to give him that particular medicine, it is anyway not going to work on him because he will still be thinking, doctor is having those things. You know, He has seen them. So today, I removed those bottles away from here and I gave him the same medicine which I was supposed to give him yesterday. So it is simply like that. If there is an irritable person in your life or an irritating object, or something which is going to draw your attention towards it, can you remove that object from your vicinity? Remove it out of your vision. 
So if there is a person, maybe you have an ex. Why do you have to retain the pictures or the phone number or the messages of that person? Because every time when you see that, you feel very nostalgic and you feel, you know, I should not have done like this. You should not have done like that. This should not have happened. And then you go into that state of mind where you are going to be lost. So can you delete all those pictures? Can you delete all those messages? Can you delete that phone number? Can you remove that object right from your nose? Right in front of your nose, delete it. So the first thing that you got to do in your life is remove the object which is irritating you. The object which is irritating you, the object which you feel that you need to have it, even those things. You are a diabetic and there are lots of sweets around. I don't think you should keep those sweets in front of you. Can you just remove those sweets from there? That is the answer. So the first method is this. Okay, remove the object. Second, try very hard not to go and fall into that ditch. Say to yourself, I am capable of avoiding this problem. I don't want to fall into that ditch of attraction. Attraction or repulsion, both are same. I don't have to get attracted and I don't have to feel repulsive about certain things. Because even repulsion is nothing but a reverse of attraction and your mind is going to get trapped in that. That means if there is something which is irritating you, it's going to irritate you throughout your life and you're going to be attracted towards that object. Got it? You keep on thinking about that object. Isn't it the same? Like suppose today you had a breakup. You know what? For the next one month, you're going to maybe grow your beard, grow your hair and keep on thinking like Devdas. Oh, why did this happen? You're a, you may say, and today it might be repulsion. You don't like that person. Maybe that person cheated on you or something like that. But yet, what happens? Your mind is occupied in that object. And this is what I'm talking about. He says, renounce it. Renounce these sense objects. Don't attract them towards you. Attraction and repulsion are a similar phenomena. They take up your mind space. Isn't it? Something that takes up your mind space, you got to remove it from your life. Renunciation means that. That object should not even touch you. The object is going to be there. Why are you bothered about it? So renunciation of sense objects is the primary way of getting higher in devotion. Renounce the objects which attract you. The next thing that he says is give up attachments to beings around we are so much attached to people in our life. If you are attached to one person, can you be attached to another person? Suppose you have one husband or one wife, you are attracted towards that husband or wife. If I have another husband and another wife, you know what is going to happen, no? Mahayuddha. There is going to be Mahabharata. Why do you want to have that? there is going to be a lot of ill will. So, attraction of any one object takes away from another. Let us say, you love mangoes. 
and I keep a basket full of beautiful mangoes in front of you. You know, you cannot take your eyes out from them. You want to have them. Now, you know all these people who do these kind of attraction things, what do they have? They have all these beautiful calendar girls, pictures and all that so that they get attracted towards this object. Why are you attracted towards that object? Because of lust. It could be any other thing also. Now, family. You have parents. You are definitely going to be attached to them. If you are attached to your parents, let us say you are attached to your mother and your father goes and marries another woman, are you going to have the same love for this other woman? No. You are not going to have. You will say, that is my mother. So attachment is exactly like that. When you get attached to one object, the other object is out of the way. So, in developing devotion to Krishna, Supreme Divine Consciousness, Father in Heaven, if I have some relative with whom I am competing, nobody is going to be attracted towards the Father in Heaven or Krishna or the Lord. My love and my attraction is only that one person. So if I have my mother whom I am very much attracted to, attached to, you think I can even have Krishna's love in my life? No way. No way, no way. You can be rest assured, you can never have that love for another person. So here the other person is Krishna. Got it? So if you love your father and mother, you love your spouse, you love your children, you love your grandchildren, you love your friend, your relative or whoever concerned, how can another love exist at that point in time? It doesn't exist by the way. The second love is literally like, a, uh, 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 okay, like that. And that is the reason why he says, Giving up attachment to beings around. Don't ever get attached to anybody. They are anyway going to backstab you. How are they going to do that? Simply look up like this. Now you have your mother or your father. And let us say you are a young person. Now it so happens that young people when they are in their youth, they find another person in their life. Suppose that girl has a boyfriend or a, the man has a girlfriend. The mother, she gets very upset. She says, my son's life, you know, is destroyed by this girl who has come in his life. Is that so? It is called attachment. It's the same thing when the husband and wife are there and the husband is looking out, you know, maybe he has a girlfriend somewhere. At that time, doesn't the wife feel, oh, he's looking at that woman. Why is he going after her? You don't like it. Nobody likes it. If it is their daughters or, you know, sons, 
the mother is going to get upset the daughter or the son is also going to be upset why doesn't my mother understand this then i need to fall in love with this person i want to stay with this person i want to spend my future with him or her so this is the place where discord sets in so now tell me whether the attachments are good for you or no they are bad because any kind of attachment is going to give you a heartache when the children leave and go you have something which is called emptiness syndrome the parents feel left out you know my children they went away someone goes abroad for studies the person feels oh why has this person gone away and someone is looking for another person then they feel upset about it so the second rule the second path towards loving krishna and becoming a devotee drop all these material worldly attachments throw them out of the window nobody is going to be with you till the end let me assure you this much no mother father no grandparents no husband wife that husband wife relationship is also temporary see you met that person or that person met you when you were maybe young all right and how many years does it last there is discord constantly i don't like this you should not be doing this that should not be done today when everybody is at home you know everybody is getting on each other's nerves you know that very well isn't it suppose you have now today in today's day and age what has happened is people are supposed to be inside the house how many hours can you stay with this person after some time you are going to get very irritated why because you are not used to being with that person even if you might have been with that person for the last 20 years they are going to get on your nerves you will not like what they are doing and they will not like what you are doing in our spiritual path also suppose there is somebody now let us say you are a young man or a young woman who wants to be in spiritual your parents your relatives your friends will be the first person to say what you are going to become a sanyasi what are they talking about i just want to be lost in the divine what is your problem in life you will find out and you will ask them what is it with you don't you understand you love your job well okay you may be liking your job and you may be going to work you love that thing this is my job i want to be in love with krishna i want to be in love with father in heaven what is your problem am i running away from you that's a discord attachments causes this nobody likes it all the sages and the saints you know what they did they walked out of their house their parents shankaracharya's mother and you know mother did not like it at all but he wants to do something dattatre my gurudev he walked out at 8 years of age ramana maharishi he did that chaitanya mahaprabhu he did that everybody those who are on the path of spiritual they cannot be you know caught in one place they have to be detached in this world 
they have to go away for them that is important why the second one over here when a person is detached he can get attached to the lord the father in heaven or krishna is not going to ditch you why because he doesn't have any ulterior motives he is not saying you scratch my back i'll scratch your back he's not interested in a husband wife relationship what is there you do this for me i'll do that for you in children and parents what is there you do this for me i'll do that for you it's a give and take it's a transactional relationship understand every relationship is a transactional relationship there is no unconditional love in this world and if there is somebody in this world who says i have unconditional love they can prove it to me there is no such thing as unconditional love in this world if you are a woman if you look at another man the husband and other people are going to get upset in spirituality the primary thing in this marg in the bhakti marg in the marg of devotion is to be attracted towards the lord so much that means detachment from the entire material world you don't have to bother about anybody if you have to walk out tomorrow just because you have to go and see god you are allowed to do that that is a kind of love that is required so first thing which we did was you have to be dispassionate in this world dispassionate you don't have to like objects you don't allow the objects to attract you number 1 number 2 detachment from this world detachment from every person that you have in your life this is the truth and narada says these words indeed the source of devotion are explored and exploited fully through renunciation of sense objects and also by giving up attachment to beings around to people around you now it need not be just your relatives your friends or whoever there may be people around you what are you talking about did i not tell you that everybody has tendencies i was giving this beautiful explanation of tendencies it was a long lecture on tendencies in that please understand parents are there okay and they have a son or a daughter the parents may be completely teetotalers they don't drink but the son or the daughter may drink do you think that they are anyway attached to anything every person who is born on this earth okay through some womb is not even connected to that person go backwards in time and think about what i said in your previous life if you are a hen and you love this life in this life you love to eat a bug do you think your parents were somebody in your past life like a father hen and a mother hen no so in this life what makes you think that they are your father and mother just because they have come out from that womb they are no relatives of yours let me tell you the whole universe works like this it is just a womb it is just an entry point 
if you have to go to your country like i have to enter india or if i have to enter some other country there are numerous points numerous points from where i can enter isn't it it's exactly like that so your parents are not going to be chicken just because you were chicken in your last life and before in that previous life of theirs uh, they might have been pigs and you might not have been their piglet okay did you get the point this life your parents are human doesn't mean that you are their son or their daughter so what attachment are you talking about is the hen going to say mummy daddy is that what she is going to say that is called attachment so in the next life of yours you may turn out into an elephant you know and they may turn into something completely different one of them will become a bird and the second one may become a cockroach can a bird and a cockroach give uh, you know elephant as their child no no so this kind of nonsensical world is what we believe in this is my mother this is my father just because you came from a womb sorry sir that is not how it works if you are a person who believes in rebirths do you believe in rebirths i think everybody who is sitting for my satsang believes in this great theory of rebirths reincarnations we have taken number of reincarnation not necessary that you are reincarnating like a human being all the time no you have thousands of births in your last birth and the one before that and the one before that and the one before that you were never a human being by the way you are just thinking that i am a human being and if somebody in this world is telling you that i was a human being in my last life and the life before that and the life before that that person must be really office okay there is no such thing as taking births like that it's not necessary so if you understand the whole creation he could have been a tree you know a people tree for all you know so does the people tree look at this is my mother and this is my father you think a people tree is going to say that people tree is the bodhi tree they say you see the bodhi tree is not going to say this is my mummy this is my daddy this is my brother this is my sister you think a chicken is going to say that no nobody is bothered so then why take this kind of an attachment in this world you are just a, a, a very beautiful spirit soul and you have come from a particular place doesn't mean that you can take ownership of that yes a certain amount of devotion to that object is also going to be there you are going to like your parents because you are born there you are going to like your country because you are born there okay that, that is the only way but otherwise in devotional path this is the primary thing you don't have to be attracted towards anything so there should be detachment we are moving to the next verse verse 36 it says that is sutra 36 says also through continuous tender and loving service of the lord that is number 3 point number 3 first two points first is dispassion second is detachment and the third one is through continuous tender loving service of the lord you have to be in love with the lord you have to be a devotee of the lord it is more than your relationship with your husband and wife your husband and wife may come second or third or fourth or something like that or your children may come fifth sixth seventh i don't know number one always in the category should be the lord why because he is the father of yours 
you are the children of god you are not children of some human being everybody is a child of god isn't it so if you have a father and a mother and you and your brothers and your sisters and you know your husband your wife your children everybody around you they are all children of god got the answer so if they are all children of god who is their father that is called father in heaven krishna is the only father all right you can call him whatever name you want it does not matter because we are doing narad bhakti sutra so i am calling him krishna anybody in this world who believes in the supreme divine consciousness should understand this line that you have only one father and that is that you want to call him mother also it's okay by me doesn't matter some people say that is my mother okay i am a woman i want to call her mother any problem of yours of course not i have no problems at all you can call her mother or you can call him father you want to call him it also it is it also okay that is also fine with me doesn't really matter because we don't know supreme divine consciousness the way it is remember he said i am a person i am only a person and that is my abode yesterday i did this verse from the bhagavad gita where i said in the bhagavad gita it is mentioned i live in the second divine unmanifest that is my abode and i am the supreme divine person over there this is the verse from the bhagavad gita he has said it very clearly if he has said it very clearly i just have to take it as a gospel truth even jesus also said no father in heaven okay accept it so what are you supposed to do with him he says through continuous tender and loving service to the lord service to the lord the way you serve your husband the way you serve your children the way you serve your friends the way you serve your relatives the way you serve your people around you want to go and help the world you want to go and take care of the sick people you want to take care of all the covid fellows ah please more than that service you have to give the lord the father in heaven you have to be so much in love and so much in devotion to him that all the service has to be directed towards him only did you get it so this is the verse where sutra where he says the third point third point number 3 through continuous tender and loving service of the lord is he going to say you know an endorsement saying oh you are a great person you have done a great service he is not going to give you any certificate okay he is not even going to look at you and say oh you are doing a great job no because no in devotion you don't bother about these kind of things okay no god is going to come oh i'm going to kill so many people so you get upset oh god you are going to kill so many people because of this virus you are not a good god you can't say those words why is he doing it those are his children that is his problem not yours what it your job is to offer continuous tender and loving service to the god we move to the next verse number 4 point see so far we have done 3 isn't it now we are going to 
to the fourth point. This is Sutra number 37. And what does he say in the Sutra 37? Again, by hearing and singing the glories of the Lord, even while engaged in the activities of this world. While you are doing the activities of this world, while you are taking care of coronavirus people, you are taking care of your husband, you are taking care of your children, you are taking care of your plants, you are taking care of this world around you, you may be just sitting at home and maybe watching the TV, taking care of your own computers for all that matter. Does it really matter what you are doing? While you are doing that, all those things that you are doing, he says, Narada is saying, the devotee, he should be hearing and singing the glories of the Lord. Hearing and singing the glories of the Lord means there are lots of these great people in this world who have written beautiful poems on the Lord. Last so many days am I not telling you about how these Haridasas are working? Haridas. Haridas is not one person. Haridas is people who are madly in love with God. You know these people how they are. They are madly in love with God. What are they doing? They are singing songs. It's not that you have to become some Mirabai and take one Ektara and go ting 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 all the time singing song to the God. He is not saying like that. There can be one Mirabai. Of course. Today we are going to do a story which is very unique exactly like that only. This person is exactly like Mirabai. Alright? We are going to do that. Wait. So what he says, you just have to keep on singing the glories of God. Okay? Instead of giving those four letter words, you know, you can say his name. Does not matter. Oh, Krishna. Oh, Jesus. No, no problem. At least you are taking his name. Just like the person who said, Narayana. That way you are taking his name. But I would rather you don't say it in a bad way. Okay. You should always praise the Lord. Which means just be in love with him and just say, I am doing it for Krishna. That's it. So, no bad thought will come in your mind, isn't it? The idea is you are a devotee of Krishna. If you are listening to all these satsang, naturally I think you are attracted towards that God only. Otherwise, why are you wasting your time for so many days sitting over here? You think I'm going to give you some chocolates? You think I'm going to give you some gifts after this? Okay, thank you very much for joining. Tomorrow you will get an iPhone 12. I'm not going to give you iPhone 12s. Got it? Huh. So, <laughs> there is no gift at the end of it. Okay. What is the gift? Only some stories of the Lord. That's it. That's the only gift I can give you at the end. So, the answer is simply this. Sing his glories. That is Kirtan. Kirtan means singing the songs of the Lord. You know in church they have those choirs. They sing all the hymns and this and that. So many things. You can do that. And hearing them. Suppose you have a horrible voice. Uh, you can't sing properly. Don't sing. It's okay. Doesn't matter. At least you can listen to those words, isn't it? See, you are hearing with your ear all the nonsense in this world. Why not you tune your ears towards that good stuff? Okay, so listen to his stories, listen to the songs, listen to his glories wherever you get a chance. Yes, YouTube is there and all these places are there. Go search it out. You will find some nice stories. 
Not it. So this is what he means. And this way we have come to the end of Sutra 37. Next time when we start, we are going to do the magic of satsang. I see you are sitting for satsangs only. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm nothing but satsangs. So next time it is the magic of satsangs. We are going to do that chapter which is from verse 38 onwards. We have ended at verse 37. Now is the time for the story. <laughs> see, I can tell you stories about people who are madly in love with God. So today I am going to tell you a story of a person who was absolutely crazy about God. Okay, now this was a young boy. He was born in a very poor family. Somewhere a few miles away or kilometers away from Delhi. You can say very close to Vrindavan, very close to that area. Brajbhumi, they call it. Now he was blind from birth. He was born blind. And because he was born blind, you know parents, they are very partial towards this kind of children. Because they cannot manage themselves in the world. So the, and these were poor parents. What are they to do with this child who is blind? So at the age of six, the child is literally thrown out from the family. And because he is thrown out from the family, he goes and stays near a river bank. There is a Yamuna Nadi over there. Yamuna River is there. So he went and stayed near the Yamuna River. And he would beg and he would get the money. He would sing something and he would get the money and he would be constantly staying over there. By the time he became 16 years of age, he had gone to a ghat over there. Ghat is the, you know, on every river there are ghats. A bank of a river as we call it. So he was standing on this bank of a river. It was called Gau Ghat. Gau means, you know, uh, cow. So naturally that is a county where everybody has got cattle. Alright. And remember Krishna used to stay very close by over there in Vrindavan. This is somewhere in the late 15th century, okay, 15th century, uh, 500 years ago. So this young boy, 16 years, completely blind, he meets his guru over there. Now he's singing something and the guru looks at that young boy and says, wow, you got a great voice. And he calls him by the name Surdas. Sur, it's a musical thing. A person who can sing very nicely. So he calls him by the name Surdas. Now Surdas is under the Chhatrachaya, under the ages of his great guru. Now his guru is Vallabhacharya. It's a very, very great person. He started a particular kind of a movement on the path of devotion. So every day he would listen to the entire Bhagavatam. And he became so proficient in Bhagavatam that 
he knew literally all the verses by heart it's very difficult to by heart all this but surdas with the beautiful voice of his was able to by heart and was able to say these beautiful poems now it so happened that one day when he was walking now there are those wells you know there used to be big wells so one day he stumbled and fell inside a well he is blind and he falls into the well naturally the first name that he calls out to is krishna save me <laughs> so krishna comes to save him and krishna pulls him out of that well so when krishna pulls him out of the well radha is there with him she asks krishna why did you do that so krishna tells her he is one of my greatest devotees then krishna goes further away but radha says i just want to be near him and i want to see him and i just want to hold him so that he can be you know he is blind remember that so i'll just take him ahead so she catches hold of his hand he stumbles and he catches hold of her leg and in that you know the thing which we call as what they wear in the leg you know penjan i don't know what is the english word for that he gets it in his hand <laughs> he doesn't let it go so radha says give it to me and then there is that little bit of a scuffle he says i know who you are you are radharani so krishna over there is seeing all this thing happening he looks at him and says okay i'll grant you one wish what do you want from me sudha says can i see you with my eyes because i don't have eyes so krishna grants him the vision to see with his eyes and he sees this beautiful couple in front of him radha krishna in vrindavan he is completely satiated by this vision krishna then says you can ask me for another boon sudha says thank you i want another boon can you make me blind again krishna asks him why do you want to become blind he says i just have filled you and radharani in my mind in my entire being i don't want to lose that vision ever again so make me blind and then krishna makes him blind again this is a story of surdas who went on to write a very beautiful bhajans and kirtans in the name of the lord they are so famous and they are written in the local language over there called bridge bhasha this is a story of devotion to the lord can you imagine the devotion that he had for the lord that he said give me back my blindness how many people will want that i just want to get lost in you i don't want to see this world doesn't that qualify the sentence don't get attracted by the sense objects you just have to get attracted by the beautiful image of the lord you don't have to have attachments remember his parents threw him out 
Isn't it true? So this is what the story is all about. To prove the fact that love is blind and the love for the divine, the love for the Lord has to be exactly like this. Like Surdas. So I will end my satsang over here and I will see you all tomorrow. Take care. Have a very good evening.